0: And welcome to our, our Sunday service. And we're going through the epistle of James. And my, the topic for my message today is out of uh, James chapter 3. And it's wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. And as I, I mentioned, it was, it was nice having Pastor Hal because we're actually going to be picking up where he left off. We're in chapter 3. And chapter 3, you know, one of the things we've, we've learned from, uh, from the book of James is James is telling us how to live. How to live as Christians? How are we supposed to treat each other as brothers and sisters? What, what kind of attitude should we have? How, how should we live? How to be at peace with each other? And we found, for example, when we started studying this book, uh, that all too often we're too busy. That's why I said one of the things that you can steward well is your time. Uh, never be too busy to, to talk to somebody, to be able to encourage them. That's one of the best things that we could possibly do. But sometimes, James says, we're so busy that we're even too busy to even listen to God. Isn't that a shame? That's why he said to be swift to hear, to be slow to speak, and be slow to wrath. I remember also even earlier that we, that we, um, we looked at James and he talked about t- uh, temptation and I told you that I found in my life, and probably yours as well, that the temptations change for me. The things that tempted me when I was 9, 10, 11, 15, 20, 25 years old are different, completely different than the things that tempt me now. But temptation never leaves us. We're still tempted in many ways. But the, what the James said, that there is a, a blessing, a blessing that's attached to enduring temptation, to be able to stand strong in the face of temptation and to be able to be, to be victorious. You know, last week, Pastor Hal talked about uh, an illustration how to be careful with our, our words. And I loved where he said that people are precious. And because people are precious and they're created in the image of God, we need to be careful with the words that we use in talking to people. I find all too often some of the most critical words that come out of our mouth are, are to the people that we love the most. And that that breaks my heart when I do that. I I try to apologize when I speak that way to my wife. I mean, why would I do that? But that that happens. So we have to be careful with our words. Be careful what you you say. So let's begin our discussion today. And we'll be in chapter 3, beginning in, in verse 13. James says this. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good contact that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from God, from above, is first pure, Peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we'll unpack these verses today. This is going to be, this is going to be a little bit challenging. It was challenging for me to write it, but it's going to be challenging as well as there's so much that James is telling us here. Do you remember back when you were in school, um, the the teacher would often give you an assignment that they want you to compare and contrast things, right? You'd have two Shakespeare plays or two sonnets or maybe even two periods of history, and the teacher would say, I want you to compare and contrast these two things. And that's a typical literary device, and we're gonna be doing it today. Because James is starting off, he's saying there's things we need to compare. There's a heavenly source of wisdom, and there's an earthly sense of source of wisdom. And we're going to use the word demonic as well. That's a good translation of that word. An earthly, an earthly and a heavenly source of wisdom. We're going to compare the two. Um, as I mentioned, I'm thankful for Pastor Howell because last week he got us into the context. Because it started off by saying this. It said, he said, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Remember, there's a higher standard for being a teacher, and we're still talking about teachers. We're still talking about teachers, and we know that because when we take a look at the words, when it says, when um, when the passage starts out, it says, "Who is wise and understanding among you?" The wise. The word wise is the word sophos. Sophos in Hebrew, and it's a word for not only a teacher but typically a, a rabbi somebody that was given the authority by the ecclesiastical organization, whether it's a Jewish synagogue or a, a church, somebody that's given that authority to be wise, to be, a, to be a teacher. So that's going to be very important for us to be able to, to understand that. Now, Christians, um, he told teachers as well, um, how we should talk and how they should live. Now, um, in many ways, the words that we're reading today are, are important to people, uh, like Pastor Hal and myself, that are, that are teachers. Um, I refer to myself as one of, the, I'm one of the four Ps, okay? There's a group of four Ps. I think I've mentioned it before. We have priests, popes, prophets, and pastors. <laughs> priests, popes, po- prophets, and pastors, the four Ps. And they're the ones that they're talking about here, that James is talking about. He's talking about the people that are teachers, especially in the church. And we need people that are professionals, people that are teaching in the church to have a high sense of of understanding where wisdom is coming from, how to use the wisdom that God has given them, but also to be wary of where the source is as well, because he says that there's demonic sources as well, demonic sources as well. So as we get started today, I want to take you on a journey, and we'll do this comparison. We're going to be comparing in three different areas, and I think it's in your, your bulletin as well. Uh, the, the, first is, the first source of wisdom is the heavenly source of wisdom versus the earthly or the demonic source. And we're going to use that, that, that word demonic intentionally because there is a supernatural source of wisdom that doesn't come from the heavens. It comes from under the earth. It's, it's supernatural, but it's earthly. It's sensual. Secondly, we'll talk about the warning given to and about Teachers keeping in mind again that James warning uh, that many of us should not be teachers again there's a higher standard it's like if you decide to join the army and you send, decide to join the Marines well that's a little higher standard right and then you decide to to be in the elite corps or you join the Navy but not just the Navy but now you're going to be you're going to be a seal a navy seal it's a it's a higher standard, and that's what James is telling us, is that there's a higher standard to these things, and that's why he wants us to understand and compare the sources of, of wisdom. The third, we'll finally we'll compare what James is saying on this, and we'll compare it to what Jesus had to say and what Paul had to say about wolves. Wolves in sheep clothing because they will creep in and James is warning us that these things can happen to us. He's telling us to be be very very careful. So let's first talk about wisdom. Wisdom, James says, is emanating from, t- from two different sources. It can be heavenly, but it also can be earthy. It can be demonic. Uh, a few weeks ago, we started to say there was a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Remember? We said there's a difference between knowledge, which is the idea of knowledge, things that you can learn, and wisdom. And wisdom is basically the idea of perspective, that as we age, we have perspective. Well, another way of looking at wisdom is that it's the accurate use of knowledge, You see, there's all kinds of knowledge out there, but how are you using it? How are you accurately using it? And James is giving us a warning. It's not just in using the knowledge correctly, but he's also saying, be careful of the source. James says, but if you have bitter envy and yourself seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthy, it's sensual, it's demonic. You know, James tells us that when you see bitter envy, when you see self-seeking, be careful because most likely what's coming in the source of wisdom is actually demonic. These demonic attributes are visible in a teacher that has a critical spirit. They're contentious. Instead of being thought-provoking, they're fight-provoking. This is the exact opposite of wisdom that James mentions. James says, for where envy and self-seeking exist... Confusion, every evil thing are there. And, and this is what we see, isn't it? I mean, you've probably seen this yourself in some of your churches, in some of your meetings. You've seen that sometimes you wonder, it's like, what is going on? Who put this person in charge and why is there there's so much confusion? I remember a, a few years ago, I was in a ministry probably for four or five years, and I was in a, a great church. It's, it was a large church, about 5,000 people in the church, and there were a number of pastors, and my role was the executive pastor, but my real role was like the chief operating officer. I was in charge of all of the business functions of the church. And before I had gotten there, there was a couple about the same age as my, bosses, uh, as my boss, um, my, the senior pastor and his wife, and they were best friends. And they would travel together and do things together. And this was a couple that had means. They had, based on what I could see, where the house they lived and the cars that they drove. uh, And they were generous as well, but they had means. And they just not only joined a lot of activities, but they led a lot of activities. It seemed like they gravitated towards being the head of any activity that they were in. And I could tell very quickly in in some of the meetings I was with them that there was something amiss. They weren't leading with a, a gentle heart. They weren't leading with an open hand. In fact, the way you would describe their leadership, it was like, you've ever heard the saying, it's my way or the highway? That, that's how they led. It was, it was their way or or no way. And it was frustrating a number of the volunteers. It was frustrating people on the staff as well because they were, they were doing things. And some of the, well, the well-run machine that we had was starting to break in different pieces. And it was a result of, of their leadership. And I remember very well a conversation I had to have with the senior pastor. And I went to him. It was my job to tell him these things. And it was very difficult because this, these were their best friends. And I tried to explain to him the issue we were having had to do with leadership and the way they were so tight-fisted with the way they wanted to do things and, and had such a, uh, uh, just a bad spirit about them. And he didn't see it. Now, the main reason he didn't see it is because he wasn't in the meetings with them. He was on vacation with them. That was a completely different element. Well, how did it end? Well, you can imagine. It, it didn't end well. We had predicted that it would eventually blow up, and it did. Um, eventually, they, they left the church. If they could have split the church, they would have. If they could have done something damaging to the church, they would have, And they, if they could have. But the Lord had protected us. And we, it took us a few years to kind of rebuild some of the friendships and some of the activities. But this is what happens when you've got earthly, demonic type of, of leadership. This is why James says this kind of, of, of wisdom is earthy. It's sensual. It's demonic. Let me give you some definitions of that. Earthy means that it's this life now. It's right now. It doesn't think about eternity, but it's what's happening right now. It's earthy. Sensual means that it refers to our senses, things that we can touch, taste, and smell. Okay? It means the passion of the senses as well. Okay? It's what inflames your passions, what inflames your desires. It also refers to the source of wisdom. It's eternal. It comes from inside. It doesn't come from above. Lastly, it's demonic. And actually, there's no better translation for that word. In fact, almost in every translation of the Bible, you'll see that it's translated as demonic because that's ex- exactly the word that's being used in the scriptures. You know, all through the scriptures, we're told that there is de- a, there's a, a demon present. There's a, a demonic present. In fact, it even calls, the Bible calls Satan the god of this earth. That's how serious the Bible is about the opportunity for demon, the demon presence to come into our assemblies, to come into our churches. We don't want any of that. You know, when Satan came to Adam and Eve and he tempted them, what he told them sounded wise. It sounded reasonable, but it was, it was demonic. We don't want any of that. Like I said, James provides the comparison, a drastic contrast to the wisdom that's earthy. He says, but the wisdom... The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without any hypocrisy. Do you remember the bracelets we used to wear, the WWJD? What would Jesus do? That's an example of godly wisdom. That's the idea of what would Jesus do in this situation. God Jesus is 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 from above. He's representing his Father. He only does those things that the Father tells him to do. He's full of peace and full of joy. That's, that's what he wants to do. You know, one of the adjectives that I want to unpack is this word pure. It says the wisdom that is from above is first pure. I don't know about you, but I'm a friend of, I'm a fan of Florida orange juice, are you? I mean, I love my Florida orange juice. It's pure orange juice, okay? I get it it at Publix, and I have it every single morning. Pure Florida orange juice. And if you look at the ingredients, it's all orange juice, there's nothing else. Now, you can get your orange juice, your Florida orange juice, you can get it with pulp, or you can get it without pulp. You can get it with pulp, a lot of pulp, or a little bit of pulp. There's like four different categories. But even the pulp is orange juice. There's, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. You know, I I looked at one of my cereals once because I try to eat healthy as much as possible. And I was eating this this cereal. i can going tell you what it was, but it was it was supposed to be healthy. And I took a look at the ingredients, and it started off well. You know, rice and whole grain wheat, and had but then it had. High fructose corn syrup. And it's like, well, that's not pure. I don't want that stuff in my body. It has polydextrose. I don't even know what that is, okay? So it has all these preservatives and all of these things, and it's not pure. I want things that are pure. And that's what James is saying. He says you want things that are are pure. Pure wisdom is from God. It doesn't have any unnatural worldly ingredients. Um, Pure means also that it contains nothing inappropriate. Nothing extraneous. I love that. Nothing appropriate, inappropriate. No junk. No bad behavior. Your wisdom should be without bad behavior. It should be without ambition. It should be without any hidden agendas. That's the wisdom that's above. So let's briefly visit our second point. James is giving us a warning about the teachers in the church. Remember, that I talked about the four Ps. Your popes, your priests, your pastors, and your prophets. Remember the context. James is speaking that he says, this is to teachers. Remember, not many of you should be teachers because there's a a higher standard. So James starts this section, and we've already read it before, but it's, it's worth reading again. Verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is to be full of... Mercy. Our teachers in our churches, our pastors, our educators, our professors in our seminaries and our Bible schools need mercy. And they need to be able to teach mercy as well. Mercy does not judge each other based on what the content is, but the attitude of the heart. Mercy is always about the heart. It's always about giving people mercy. You know, the Bible says that in the measure that we measure mercy to others will be given mercy as well. That's James chapter seven, verse two. And that's for teachers. Now, we could also go through the whole list of the demonic things, but we've already done that. The teachers have the same issues. Um, but that takes us to point three. And the point, point three is this, is the warning about false teachers that what both Paul and Jesus calls ravenous wolves. Now, this is an important part of my job. My job as a pastor, my job as a pastor is to be a shepherd. Remember, the the sheep need shepherds. Sheep are basically defenseless, and the shepherd is there to protect the sheep. In fact, that's what the word pastor means. It means to be a, a shepherd, a shepherd to be able to protect the sheep. So it's part of the job that we have. And we have to be careful because the Bible tells us that particularly in the last days, ravenous wolves will come in. That's what it says. There'll be perilous time and perilous men. Take a look at what Paul has to say. This is to Timothy. Paul says, but know this, that in the last days, you know I like talking about the last days, right? In the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. sounds like today. today. Then he continues this in verse 5. It says, Having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women and men, loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of truth. Isn't that something? I mean, you probably know people like that. They're constantly learning, but they never understand the truth. Okay? It says they have a a form of godliness, but they deny the power that it comes from. It sounds like religion when they say it. It sounds like good, but if you listen to it, there's no truth in it. It's all nonsense. Let's go on. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. This is very similar to what James had to say. Now, the question is, how do we look for wolves, okay? What do we see when we see a wolf? What does a wolf look like, okay? It's gonna be in sheep's clothing, so it's gonna be difficult to spot. So in your bulletin and on the slides, I'm going to give you three ways, in closing, that we're going to be able to spot the wolves. The first one is given to us in the scriptures. It says we're going to know them by their fruits. See, that's how we judge things. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. A good good tree produces good fruit. So we know them by their fruits. Jesus told us that the fruit of these demonic conspiracy would be envy. It would be self-centeredness. It would be breed evil things. We can't get good fruit from a bad tree, so we judge them by their fruits. Second way to be able to spot the wolves is they are lawless. Paul told us back in verse 3 that wolves are unforgiving, unloving. They're slanderers without self-control. That means lawless. If you don't have any self-control, you are lawless. You're going 90 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone, right? You are lawless. You've got no self-control. And that's what we see. This is a way to spot the the wolves. Number three, look for the confusion. That's what I spotted when I was a young pastor in the church, trying to lead the activity. And I saw all this confusion. They're supposed to be leading the activity. They're supposed to be bringing order rather than confusion. It was a well-run machine. Just leave it alone. But instead, they were bringing confusion and anger and another agenda of some kind. The last thing I wanted to talk about is this, is that wolves hunt sheep in packs. Did you know that? The whole idea of a lone wolf, the I said lone wolves, it's very unusual for a wolf to be alone. Wolves are always in pairs and in packs. And the reason is, is that's how they hunt. And I don't know much about wolves and sheep, but I know what I read. And what I, what I read was that when wolves see a group of sheep in a pen, one of the wolves will break off in the pack. They'll circle around the back of the pack and scare the sheep. And what will the sheep do? They'll run towards the gate and run right into the other pack of wolves. And what's going to happen? They will be devoured. They'll be killed. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. God comes to give us life and have it abundantly. So we look for that. So we've been, we've been warned and we've been given instructions by James, by Paul, and by Jesus. So let's close by taking a look at this very last verse that, that James ended up. Verse 18, he says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And see, that's the really good news. Remember I said this sounds so much like the fruits of the Spirit. What has James told us? He's told us not only about peace, but he said this. He said that this wisdom from above is heavenly. And these are some of the words he used to describe it. He said it was meek. It was pure, like my orange juice. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy. And it produces good fruit. Good fruit. Our wisdom is full of good fruits. Like I said, it's like my Florida orange juice in the morning. It's, it's, the, it's the mother's milk itself. It's like breast milk to a, to a baby. It's pure, completely unadulterated. It has nothing added to it. James 1.5 says that God gives generously wisdom to anybody that asks of it. So if you need wisdom, you can always ask God. God's going to give you pure wisdom. Pure wisdom. It's our job to see what we, we do with it. Let's pray. So, Father God, we want to thank you. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.